everyone. My name is Andrew Warner. I am uh, one of the creators on uh, not BitClout, kind of BitClout, also BitClout, and now the renamed Deso platform. Um, all kidding aside and fun aside, I've got to say that I have not done this podcast in a while because I felt a little disconnected from the BitClout platform. I just have not yet found my space in it. And the goal of doing these interviews is to find my space in it. Well, lo and behold, while I was away, other people have felt the same thing. And Salil Sethi from ProsperClout reached out to me and he said, Andrew, help me understand why you're not there. And it turns out that he was looking at the data because ProsperClout is the best tool for understanding what's going on on this um, crypto social network um, that used to be called BitCloud and now is called DSO. I, I, I promise if this is all confusing, I promise we're going to make it easier and uh, much more approachable. But he reached out to me and I said, let's let's do an episode of BitCloud Jam where we talk about my issues, the issues with the platform, what's happening with the platform, and then also what the opportunities are because God knows I'm I'm still excited about the platform. I still see the possibilities, but I don't have a clear enough vision for how I fit in. And the whole idea of doing these interviews, Salil, was for me to figure out how I, how I fit in. Anyway, good to have you here. Yep. Great to be here. Thank you for doing this. Super excited to talk to you again. All right. Bottom line. How many uh, how many users are now active on on the platform? So the active users, I think the number fluctuates, right? Yesterday they were big news, and we should talk about it. Yesterday, mm -hmm. I think there were about forty two hundred active users on Prosp uh, on Deso, uh, the blockchain. And then, well, you know, let me take a moment and explain. I think tell me yeah. if I've got this right. Here's what's happened that's different. It always has been BitClout, which is this social network that's decentralized that anyone can copy and create their own version of, and also has a coin infrastructure where every member on the platform has a coin. The creator of this thing, the leader of the project known as Diamond Hands has always said, look, BitClout is just one incarnation of this. I would like Andrew Warner to create Andrew Warner Clout, or I would like Salil to create his own app for it, put it in the app store. Don't give any credit to BitClout. Go do your own thing. He says, I'm creating the infrastructure and I happen to create the first face of it. And he said, at some point in the future, the first face of it is going to go away. Well, finally, he said, if we keep calling the infrastructure BitClout and the website that you use to interact with it BitClout, People are going to feel like this is the only way to interact with the infrastructure. So there's a new name change. The infrastructure where all the content is held is now called DSO for decentralized social. And then the interface that I happen to be using for it is BitCloud, but there are other interfaces for it, which are, what are some of the other ones that you like? There is one interface called Tijan, Tijan.club. There is one called GiftCloud. Uh, there are a bunch of different interfaces uh, that people are running. In fact, if you have a mobile app, uh, CloudFeed is one, Flick app is one. Mm -hmm. That's truly an interface running on top of DSO, the blockchain. There are probably more than a dozen interfaces that you could use to actually interact with DSO or interact with the community on the DSO blockchain. And I'm still waiting for a day when some conservative talk show host says, okay, screw it. We're not going to try to create our own thing the way that mewe.com did. Um, we're just going to borrow from this infrastructure, put our own name on it and go for it. Kind of the way that Rush Limbaugh years ago said, yeah. we're going to piggyback off of AM radio, which people have left behind and we'll create an AM radio show. And then from there, create an AM radio network for conservatives and so on and so forth. Okay. And that's, that's why I think one day will happen, but there are other uh, creative ideas for it. Okay, so that's what happened. 
one of the issues is you're saying that yesterday there were 4,300 people on at a time from down from what, what was it at the height? I think the height was around May, June. I think we were between 15 and 20,000, 20,000 is probably at the peak that we saw okay. on Diso. Yeah. So 15,000 was not yeah. at all unusual. And then yesterday with big news, this guy Diamond Hands is finally revealed <laughs> yeah. to be uh, Nader Al-Naji, who is yeah. a former Googler. He's finally revealed. He takes credit. He gives it a new name. He says that there is a new direction for it and all that. And still fewer than a third of the active users. All right. There is a challenge here. It's not just an Andrew Warner problem, though I accept my responsibility. I should just stick with it. But there's a problem that's making it harder for me to stick with it. What are you seeing as some of the problems on the platform? And then we'll go into opportunities. We're not ending with problems. Yeah. So I think there are a number of problems. I think there are very, very tactical problems that exist, which probably can be solved simply. An example of a tactical problem would be there are no good notifications still. One of the reasons people come back on Facebook is your friend liked the post and you're like, okay, who that friend is. You go back, you see who that friend is. There are apps that are trying to do it, but it's mm -hmm. not done very, very well. It's not done consistently. So that's a tactical problem. Like notifications is a very tactical problem, mm -hmm. right? But then there are slightly, you know, deeper problems as well. Some, some that need to be solved. Um, and one of the key things that DSO, the blockchain offers is a creator coin, like you mentioned. People can come and have a coin. I can come tomorrow, look at your coin. Let's say your coin, I'm making it up, right? Your coin price is $100. I buy a coin at $100. A few weeks later, if your coin is $300, more people came and bought your coin. I can sell your coin at 300. I made 200 bucks on a $100 coin purchase that I, I did. Uh, the one thing I haven't seen the community do a good job so far is figure out a reason for people to buy their coins. What's a good reason, right? Right now, it's heavily speculative. But I think for this to be sustainable, we would need a reason for or a basically create value on top of DSO that I provide certain value to my coin holders. They right, buy right. this coin. And then in the future, maybe they can sell it. They can hold it, whatever they want to do. But I don't think as creators, we have figured that piece out yet. My original idea or original assumption was that coin holders would get access to software. And then I interviewed yeah. Max from, um, why am I blanking on the name? It's um, Subcloud. Subcloud, right? Yeah. He said he's going to create this email marketing software. Yeah. And if you want it, just hold on to some of his coins. And he said, yeah. truthfully, when people are buying a bunch, it's great because he gets a fraction of every purchase. Yeah. But eventually people just hold it. Yeah. And that's not enough incentive for him to keep going. And it's not enough money for him to keep going. And so I see the problem with using coins to yeah. fund ongoing uh, purchases. Then there was NFTs. And that yeah. kind of made sense. Daniel Kemp's another guy who I interviewed. Came oh, up yeah. with something great on there, right? He's got uh, clout punks. Yeah. You buy a clout punk. And yeah. then if from him, he gets the money. And then if he if, if you resell it, all his coin holders get a share of the resale price, right? That's right. That's, That's beautiful. Right. Why didn't that become a huge thing? So the NFT, the, and so there are a number of things, right? Uh, if you break it down, buying and selling coins makes sense. But now we are trying to use the same model, like a SaaS model, and bring it onto a coin, coin or tokenomics, right? It doesn't truly transplant uh, very well in this token world, right? So I think there needs to be, this is probably for influencers. This is for celebrities. It's for a different use case. It's not what was done in the SaaS world that will, you know, cleanly transplant itself in the, in the coin world. So, so that's number one. Now, NFTs, I think that's pretty exciting. The reason it hasn't, it's done fairly well. Let, let's, let's, you know, 
with the amount of people that we have, mm-hmm. I think the biggest project has done north of hundred thousand dollars in NFT sales, uh, which is, and it could be actually CloudFunk. I don't know which project it is. Not, not, not too bad. Like they've made hundred thousand dollars in last couple of months. That's pretty good, right? That's good, yeah. Uh, the, the the big issue with NFTs right now is BitCloud NFTs live on BitCloud. Right. Mm. So if you're on daily, they are 2,500 people. That's basically your audience you're trying to sell to. And most people who are on BitLoud right now are less about buyers and are more about entrepreneurs who are trying to create something on top of BitLoud. Right. So, you, you know, it's not, oh, you have hundreds of thousands of people that you're trying to sell to. It's the same thousand, 2000 people that are basically in some sense being pitched the same NFT product by different creators. And there's only so much you would move. Okay, so that didn't work. Here's another thing that seemed exciting. Pamela Anderson. Yeah. She came on. She is actually active. Do she you think is. it's her or do you think it's somebody else? I believe, it, I think it's her. I think it, it I seems mean, authentic. It, yeah, it seems it's very authentic. She does NFTs as well. I think it's her. It might, they, she might be using someone to manage her account, but I think she does, you know, uh, participate herself. I, I agree. And you know what? Um, and what she's doing is not so complicated. How how could she write that whole thing? She's just participating here and there, right? Yeah. Ch- chatting the way you would anywhere else. Yeah. And, and even mild chats is all she's doing. But yeah. the fact that it comes from Pamela Anderson, this woman who uh, uh, was a star of Baywatch and yeah. was a pinup model and all that, it's exciting. I thought maybe more people like her were going to join the yeah. platform, right? Why Why do you think that didn't happen? I think the reason is, uh, and that I think is less of a bit cloud issue. I think that's a different reason. I think the reason there is Pamela Anderson is not very active as far as I know on Instagram and on Twitter, right? If she's super active there and she's constantly linking back to BitCloud, I would expect people to come to BitCloud. She's active on BitCloud. But, but I mean, why Why no other celebrities? Why didn't other celebrities say, you know what? I'm a Pamela Anderson caliber. Yeah. I may not be able to get enough attention everywhere else, but here oh, yeah. I can get people to buy my coin. I get a fraction of each sale, which yeah. is a good profit. Yeah, I think probably a few things, right? I think uh, celebrities will go where there is audience, right? Mm. I think this is an ask too far telling celebrities, guys, Come on to BitCloud as well as bring your audience along with yourself onto BitCloud. They have something that's happening on Instagram, happening on Twitter, happening on whichever social media. Now asking them to come as well as bring an audience. And what's the reason? The reason is there is an easy transfer of value. You can, you know, gift someone some cloud or DSO coins, so on and so forth. That's frictionless. That's instant. There is benefit to that. But it just seems too much effort at this point. Right? Too much effort for little. So it, they're not coming because there isn't enough of a community for them to come yeah. and and uh, and draw their own portion of that community for their own followers. And there's not enough utility, unlike yeah. something like uh, OnlyFans, where you could say it doesn't matter if OnlyFans has no users. The utility is so good that I, as a celebrity, can say, yeah. join my OnlyFans. You get behind the scenes stuff, right? Yeah. Got it. Okay. So that also was an issue. But but here's I want to put this into context, right? So I'm I'm actually bullish on DSO overall, quite bullish on DSO, right? I've been spending good majority of my last six months here. I plan to spend you know much more time on this going forward as well. But in some sense, DSO or BitCloud is what six months old at most, right? I think it's almost a victim of its own initial success. April and May, right out of the gates, was crazy. Right, twenty thousand daily right, actives right. for a new project, I think, was a big deal. Uh, so I think this is again, right? It's trying to find its place. It's trying to find the product market fit, like most startups yep. do. Uh, it hasn't figured it out yet. I, I don't think so. But I think uh, 
over a billion dollar in market cap for a crypto that's less than six months old. Um, it's, I would say there are challenges, but there's a ton of opportunity as well. All right. I want to get into the opportunities a bit. Let's, let's go through one other challenge because I, I feel like one of the things is that it hasn't found the utility. The thing that in single player mode is helpful so much that you have to go and use it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. I think there is, uh, and I, I would say literally, right. This is something I'm struggling with too. And I think this is something that a lot of devs, a lot of creators are struggling as well. The biggest piece here or the biggest innovation here is a creator coin, right? On the bonding curve. If someone yes, buys yes. your coin at hundred dollars, the coin price goes up. It's an automated market maker. It's on a function and it slowly pushes your coin value up. Someone comes, buys a coin later, it goes up further. And that's how the coin price moves. Someone sells your coin, the coin price goes down. What's the reason to buy and sell coins? And it's been completely speculative. So right. the way it works right now is I come buy your coin. Tomorrow, let's say Andy Arts comes, buys your coin. Your, and then I sell your coin. It's basically moving money from Andy to me. Uh, but it's truly no new value got created. And I think that's where the community and other innovators and entrepreneurs need to spend time. We have the rails built out, but I think that's where people have to spend time to figure out, you know, what, what is the reason that somebody will come buy your coin and how do you create value for your community? That's the heart of it. And it just hasn't figured it out. Yeah. And do you think the answer to that will be a bunch of experiments by developers, creators? What do you think? I think it's a combination. I think developers would be required to provide the toolkit for it, right? Uh, how do I know who my coin, like a very simple thing. Who are my coin holders? Is there a world where I can like, you can go on Prosper Cloud, you can go on several other websites. See, these are my 20 coin holders. Maybe you want to create a floor saying, my top 10 coin holders get X or get Y utility out of it, right? Okay, you know, so the developers will come from a point of view of giving you insights to your coin holders, to the data that exists. But then I think end of the day, figuring out the business model would be a bunch of experiments that the creators will run. Okay, that makes sense. I, I do think that the rails are there, except for one thing, subscription. So on Mixergy, yeah. I just interviewed someone who, he's got a company called Drift. All yeah. he does is he sells um, air fresheners for your car on a subscription basis. And yeah. it's a $6 million a year business right now, growing pretty quickly. And he says, the magic is subscription. People told me not to do it. It does make selling harder. But once you get a sale, you get this ongoing thing. Is that the thing that's missing? Where if Max with BitCloud, yeah. with SubCloud, the email marketing software that was built on BitCloud, if he had subscriptions, he says that would have worked? Or am I just reaching out for, well, it was maybe creator yeah. coins and it's NFT. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. It's, what do you think? I think it will help for sure. I think it will help. Uh, I think it's different from the creator coin world, right? Creator coin world is almost speculation. Subscription is now you're getting into revenue. So I think, I think we conflated, the creators conflated a customer and a coin holder. And I think, and that model hasn't worked. We said, if you hold my coin, mm -hmm. you're a coin holder, you're an investor. And oh, by the way, let me provide you with a service. It's like someone who holds a Starbucks stock gets you know, free Starbucks coffee for a year. That never happens, right? So that business model, even in the traditional world, people haven't, like, it probably hasn't worked out. People have experimented, it hasn't worked out. I think this is where the creators conflated. Okay, you hold a coin, you are a customer. I think we need to separate them out. There is There, there are people who will speculate on your success 
and they will be coin holders. Mm -hmm. And then you need to figure out a way to actually provide value back to them. And here's one example use case that I've heard. And I personally think is an interesting use case. Let's take e-commerce. There is $5 trillion that move in the e-commerce world today. A trillion dollars move in the e-commerce world just in the small, medium businesses world, right? What if you sell a t-shirt or you sell an e-book and you say 1% of all my sales will go back to my coin? I'm making that sale in US dollars. Yes. I'm making that sale in my local currency, guys. Okay. But 1% goes back to my coin. And now there's a reason for your coin holders to almost be your marketing machine. Because once you sell, mm. they can go out and tell people, guys, you're looking for a certain product. They can almost be your affiliate in some right, sense. Right, right, right. Yes. And, and it's all on the blockchain. It's visible and that creates value. And now you can speculate. Oh, look, let's see, right? Andrew created a new website. I believe his checkout experience is better on the new website. So next month, if he does $100 this month, next month he might do 120 And I want to get more of his coins. That's how stock market works today. So basically create a stock, make it easier for people to be shareholders of companies, essentially. And that makes sense. Why do you think it has to be in local currency and not in whatever the, the BitCloud or DSO currency is? And I think... It probably can be. Uh, I think the local currency, the adoption will be much faster, right? 96% of the world hasn't used crypto that as far as they know, right? They haven't transacted in crypto 96 or even a higher number, right? Got it. So the 1 trillion, 5 trillion number that I was sharing with you, that's like just traditional e-commerce that's happening. People don't need to worry like what the financing mechanism is, what the underlying technology is. You look at a product, you like a product, you take your credit card, you pay for it, you get your product, you're done. That's what the customer gets. And your shareholders or your coin holders on the back end now benefit for supporting you in your early days and get a, maybe a small part of that proceeds from there. Okay. So in that scenario, Max decides he's going to create a MailChimp-like company, doesn't yeah. have enough money to do it. He says, people buy my coin. Does he get the money from people buying his coin or does he just get a, a fraction of it? Just a fraction of it. It's a fraction of it. And again, right? I think we will need to parse out what the mental models we are using, right? Yes, he will only get a fraction. Depends on how he sets that up. But what he gets is probably more important than maybe the $10, $20, right? Or the 10 20%. The support that comes through. The support that comes through. This is almost your customer acquisition channel. Uh, but you know what? That doesn't okay. seem... That, that, I think that's flawed because then... If I'm paying $100 and he only gets his founder reward, which is $20 of that, to say, yes, but Andrew paid $100, so he loves you $100 worth, just doesn't seem fair. feels almost like he should get $90 of that, and then the system should keep 10%, right? It should be reversed. Okay, but then that's, that's one flaw, but it's an, also an opportunity for change. The next step is he then takes the money that he has, and he invests it in hiring his friend who's got a full-time job and saying, take this money, pay for your family's bills. Now code this thing with me. Friend codes up this email marketing software. They create it. And now he puts it out into the world and says, anyone gets to buy this, anyone gets to pay. And when money comes in, a fraction goes to all the people who have bought his coin. And that's essentially what we're talking about. There yeah. are problems with that because if it's now done with US dollars in America, right? Canadian dollars in Canada, et cetera. Sure. There's no way it doesn't tie right back to the coin system. So that's an issue. I think it needs to automatically convert back into the coin, the local coin, which is yeah, now called yeah. a DSO, used to DSO. be called clout, right? Yeah. Has to come back to that so that we have some accountability. And 
And so that's fine. There's an easy enough way to, to make those transactions happen fast. Yeah. Somebody pays in cash, they don't know it and they don't care that it gets converted yeah. into coin and then the coin goes exactly. in. All right, that's the model that you're talking about. What there are issues with that model. One of them is like, we're now basically saying the coin is a security. It, we're saying <laughs> that he now has to be held to a higher standard, meaning that he now has to make sure that he is reporting back or making sure that he gives the money back to his coin holders. And the coin holders might need to be held to higher standard too, because they need to be, you know, if not accredited investors, then yeah. to some degree worthy of investing. And Finally, the other problem with that is the whole system is not built for that. We're looking at a system yeah. that has a hunch at a couple of different things, and it's not that. And so that's a flaw in, in the yeah. BitCloud slash DSO system. So a few things, right? And you're absolutely right. I think those are lots of great points that you raised there, right? So let's take a few at a time, right? So number one, converting the, the US dollars to coin. Yes. And that's where, you know, a lot of things that you raised, that's where we need dev. That's where we need a healthy dev ecosystem to actually build on this, to support this, right? The core team is building the DSO protocol, which is the likes, the follows, buying coins, selling coins, all like, you know, recording all of that on a blockchain, that's the protocol. But moving moving money, creating a subscription model potentially, you know, converting it from fiat to DSO, all of that can be done through exchanges. Uh, but Do you think it needs to be done on this platform or doesn't it, doesn't it make more sense for Salil Sethi to say, okay, I was in on the ground floor of version one. I see the problems yeah. of version one. I'm smart enough to see the better solution that could potentially work. I'll go raise a little bit of money. I'll create version two of BitCloud. It'll be nothing but coins. It can't be both yeah. social network to address the the uh, out of out, uh, um, the conservatives who've been kicked out of Twitter and this new coin thing that's also going to yeah. allow for uh, for like a new type of stock market. We just pick one and we're going to do yeah. that. And we're doesn't it make sense for somebody to say that? I think that's a brilliant idea, but here's the thing. And I think yes. you touched on something. I think you touched on something that, you know, it's super important. DSO provides you with 20 tools, probably. One of the tools is coins. One of the tools is sending small values through diamonds. One of the tools is you cannot be censored. One product does not need to include everything. Right. Right. It's, there are like 10 technologies that are part of it. You don't need to make a product that includes everything. You can literally make a Twitter, forget the coin buys and the coin sells, right? My dad, who I take as an example of a traditional internet user would hardly want to buy and sell and speculate on coins, but he loves spending his time on social media. He's on Twitter, he's on Instagram, and I can see him here, but I can almost be very sure that he will not be speculating on people's coin price, right? But yeah, he'll be here. If there's interesting right. stuff, he'll follow, right? So we don't need to use every single piece of technology that the DSOF protocol provides to, you know, in one product, right? In one product doesn't need to have everything. There are parts of it. One product can just be a Twitter clone completely without the coins. But, so you're saying, look, this, so this whole infrastructure already exists. Why throw it out? Just take the parts that you want, leave the rest behind. If, and here's the thing. It's open source, right? It's not even that I need to go raise money for it. The, the whole code is open source. The code is available. Anyone can literally tomorrow start a DSO competitor because the code is out there. You just need two nodes, two, two servers to stand up a new blockchain. You can call it something else. Maybe you learn off of it though and make adjustments and say, we're going to focus on one thing. Like you imagine Ryan Hoover saying, you know what? I like all this. Yeah, I'm going to just say, I'm investing in companies. Other people want to invest in companies. This is an easier way to, to back your creators that you love. And that's it. 
And it's yeah. just that I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to take this whole baggage of DSO, let them figure out what their bag is. I'm going to take this, this concept and start fresh. And don't you think that would be a better approach? So I'm, I'm thinking how to best answer that. I think what we are still discussing, we are discussing the pre-DSO world. We are discussing the BitCloud world and the BitCloud world had the BitCloud blockchain and BitCloud.com very tightly integrated. So we saw bitcloud.com that provides all the functionality because that's almost like a lab. That's almost like a sandbox to show everything that BitCloud blockchain can do. And now the, the, the blockchain is DSO. I, I feel it's, there's a lot of good work that's already been done. I would, I personally don't see, and it can change, right? Like, again, we don't know how, how a year from now we'll be thinking about this, but I don't see a reason to throw away all the technology that's built and start fresh, just not use every part of it. That's what I would do. And that makes you even move faster. All right. I'm not yet convinced. Yeah. I actually think that maybe the whole approach needs to be copied somewhere else. Like if we really like this idea of somebody investing in someone's future cash flows, there are ways to do that, right? You could just say, I'm going to tie into their Stripe account and find a way to figure out what my tie into their Stripe account, tie into their bank account, and then create a coin based on the future earnings of that, right? That there's, there's something else there that seems pure, that doesn't take all the baggage, that allows you to create it. All right. I don't, I don't know if that's the answer. Maybe I'm feeling a little bit more pessimistic than I realized, but I, I like, I like a bunch of these ideas. It's just so yeah. muddled in together that it's hard to say <laughs> yeah. what is it that what is it that you love. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's. I think we've talked now about the challenges. I've talked yeah. a little bit about the potential. Yeah. What do you think with where it is right now? The the potential could be. Yeah, uh, I think we started touching on that a little bit, right? I think there are there are two or three different areas where I see this thing playing a pretty interesting role. The funny thing is the, the, the blockchain is renamed DSO, decentralized social. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, this plays a much more interesting role in decentralized commerce, right? And the commerce pieces, which we would start touching a little bit is, you know, a public company is completely audited, their finances are open, and then people can buy and sell their stocks. This is almost the start of where a tiny two-person shop can potentially have their finances, have their activities on a blockchain. So it's publicly visible. You can associate it with their wallet uh, and start to maybe invest in them through these coins and start to, you know, uh, and you don't need to be in the same geography. You could be sitting in Japan. You could invest okay. in a creator in Argentina, you know, completely trustless, instant, frictionless, don't need to pay all the transaction fee to move money globally, all that good stuff, right? So, so I think there are lots of good parts there. And I think this might have a role to play in decentralized commerce. So I think that's one role of it. Uh, and that's very exciting to me. Then there's another, another role that I can see this thing play is the social media role, right? But I think at that point, the whole coin piece, I am also trying to figure out how the coin piece plays out in the social media world. Uh -huh. uh, because yeah, you can create a Twitter without having to worry about coin price, but you cannot be canceled. If your account is suspended, you just don't lose all your history and all your friends. Uh, you just cannot be, you may not be on one platform, but every data, everything you created, all your followers just live on that blockchain and some node operator or website might not like what you're saying, 
but there'll be another website like you, you were talking about. They might be a conservative website that you can go and express your opinion and all your data continues to live on, right? You don't lose all that data. Okay. So you're saying one option is for somebody to say, I'm going to just take the one part that's social media. I'm going to find my audience. I'm not going to build my own social media tool. Yeah. I've got my own Twitter up and running here with some kind of backend that connects to other people and a team of people who have enough money to make this whole thing work. Okay. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one possibility. How about for yeah. creators? Anything the creators can do right now, or is it really just a developer's world and developers need to figure out um, on the decentralized finance part of this, what to do? You know, I think the creators have a pretty meaningful role to play, right? I think um, there might be other models that we haven't even discussed or thought about, right? Like what, there's an OnlyFans model here, right? If you're a creator, you want to say, okay, you have access to me, access to my content. If you have invested X dollars or you've bought Y of my coins, I think that's the whole creator world, right? Like there's almost a business model innovation waiting to happen. And I think the creators will drive that. And based on what that is, if we don't have those tools is when the devs actually can help build those tools out. Okay. I think that, I think I'm still too far away from finding my place in DSO, formerly BitCloud. I think if this whole idea of this podcast was to learn about the platform and find my place in it, I'm still, I'm now further away than I was before but I'm still intrigued. I'm still, but now I have to be honest and say my sense of intrigue comes from this idea that I'm learning something that could end up being applicable somewhere else that maybe someone else could take this and create a, not a version 2.0, but an idea that's hatched off of this and make it into something bigger because there are problems that this should solve. Yeah. One of the problems to be solved is, it's, it's a lot less paperwork now to invest in a startup than it was before, right? I, I wanted to invest in, uh, I'll say Mindbloom. They didn't they have no room sure. for people like me, but say, screw it. Andrew and a few others want to be supportive by, support, by putting money in. They're going to be even more supportive. Great. They, they tried a few different ways and they said, what are we messing around with? Just go to AngelList. They went to AngelList. They got me a form. Within minutes, I was able to uh, pay and now I'm an investor in, in Mindbloom. That's fast, but it's still not fast enough and it's still too much work. Yeah. The simpler thing is, I want to be able to quit my job to shoot YouTube videos of myself playing chess and explaining what my thing is. I need money in order to do it. If I do it well, I'll make money back because YouTube has a platform. Somebody invest in me and I will kick back some of my profits. That's a thing. I want to create yeah. a podcast. I think I could do this well. If you invest in me, I will give you an output. That's still a thing and it's still a problem. And it's a problem that I thought that BitClout was going to solve. We're still not there. I think- that's the part that could still be solved. What, what, wh why do you think you, so, okay. So I think there are two parts to it, right? Do you think it's a protocol issue? Do you think it's the product issue or do you think it's lack of community? That's the issue right now from your vantage point. As I think it needs to be a, a zero player. People should almost hate the fact that they're on the platform in order to do it. It needs to be a situation where people say, all right. I've been doing this YouTube thing partly for a while. I need to go all in, but I can't let down my family. What I'm going to do is, or maybe I don't even have the guts to do it fully and, uh, and, and give up my salary. I'm, I, I hate these tools. I don't want to deal with it, but it's the only way to go. I'm going to go use this one tool. I will say anyone who wants to can buy my coin. Any, every dollar that comes in goes into my coin to, to my coin holders. And if that was a solution, 
I think people would do that. I think then creators would do it. And if it comes up that it's on crypto, I'm not yet crazy for crypto or most people aren't yet crazy for crypto. Let me just use uh, Moonbeam or something where I pay with credit card and then I end up with whatever your local coin is. And then let the back end do the back end. And I'll only care about the back end when it's meaningful. But right now, all I care is I put my credit card in or investors put in their credit card, end up with a piece of uh, future revenue. Life is good. That seems like a, that seems like a real need that BitCloud almost solved, but yeah, not really there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think the disconnect there in my mind is the community, right? I think the community within BitCloud is too small. As we talked about, 2,000, 3,000 people, it's not a big enough market, right? Like you just can't build businesses on 2,000, 3,000 people, uh, the current community. And then I think there is still work to be done that bridges the non-crypto traditional world with the BitCloud world. And that's what we were talking about. Like one probably world is the e-commerce world, right? Like and this, you don't even need subscription at this point, right? There is a lot of e-commerce transactions that are one-off transactions that happen. Let that be it, right? Like one-off transaction happening. And you literally laid out the same use case here, which is a portion of the revenue goes back to my coins. My coin holders like what they see. And, you know, we continue building that. So I think that bridge, that bridge is missing. I give you that. That bridge is missing. We, so what you're saying is, experiments will get there. We just talk about problems. We talk about opportunities and somewhere in there, a few people will figure out a solution and then they'll jump in and we'll go and we'll, we'll be, I'll be able to build on that. I think that's a possibility. I think another possibility is someone gets in this space and says, this is really exciting. If I could take 10% of this, I'll have a great product that maybe won't have the world changing uh, possibilities of cloud, but will have a really significant impact on a lot of people. And the best way to do that is to say, what works here? What do I take? What do I go? All right. But I'm sounding very down on BitCloud. I'm not. I'm, I still want to, I still believe in what's here. So let me ask you this. Who else do you think I should interview? What other aspects of this community do you think I can go into in order to understand more of what's here? Yeah, I think uh, I think there are two or three different groups of people, I would say, right? Like, devs for sure right i think there are there are people who are building on top of bitcloud i think it's it's exciting it's interesting to talk to them uh happy to share some names as well please uh, yeah one guy is mubashir ikbal uh great yes, guy i know him very yeah. well yes yeah. yeah so mubs is a great guy i would definitely talk to him um people almost entrepreneurs building products right uh chris dolinsky is a guy he's working on a project called called cloud wit that's one guy uh, Polygram, that's an NFT marketplace on BitLoud. Uh, Jack Lee is the guy okay. who's building uh, Polygram. I would definitely look to talk to him. I see Polygram's coin is really hot. That means people still believe. Yeah, yeah. And then I think there are people who are, uh, you know, just active creators on BitLoud, like NFT artists, right? Um, I think you talked to Daniel, you mentioned. Uh, there Daniel is Kemp uh, from uh, CloudPunks. Yeah, from CloudPunk. I think uh, Clay Oglesby is another NFT artist. I think he's done really, really well. Also, uh, Krasenstein brothers, uh, Brian and Ed Krasenstein. Yes. So I think those are the people they're I would doing the Okay. They're doing pretty well too. Right. But they're doing well the same way that I am in the sense that they're exploring ideas and seeing what's there. But what they're doing that I'm not doing is whenever they see an idea, they do jump into more of these ideas, right? They create their fun. They create their, this, they create their, that. They do, they do. And I think they seem to be like all in onto BitCloud, right? Like, and they are trying every single part of it, right? They're trying NFTs also. They are, you know, they're trying, they have like, they're working with someone on a product as well, an analytics product okay. as well. So they're trying multiple different things, but they 
are trying everything in the DSO ecosystem, BitCloud ecosystem. Okay, let's try this then. Let me follow up with you and ask for an introduction to an NFT artist. Who yeah. I think um, I'd love to get Daniel Kemp back on to understand what's going on, but maybe it's just been too soon. I don't want to keep hitting him up. Let's see if there's another NFT artist who's interest who you think is interesting, and sure. I'll I'll do an interview based on your introduction. And let's um, I think the uh, why don't we keep mispronouncing the names? The Cranstein brothers. Krasenstein. Krasenstein. Thank you. Yeah. I see them. They're totally in on it. Even one of their wives oh, yeah. doesn't call herself like whatever she does. She goes, I'm a Krasenstein wife, right? <laughs> so uh, they're so they're so all in as a family on this. I think they should be the mm-hmm. next one. And I'll just keep exploring and seeing what comes out there of is, this. There is one more guy you should talk to. Uh, yes. He has a handle called Doodles. His handle is Doodles. <clears throat> you should, uh, I'll, I'll connect you to him as well. Okay. Uh, there are, these are people who are pretty active. <clears throat> Again, right? Everyone has their own experiences. Some good, not some not so good. So, but I think uh, a lot of these people can, you know, probably talk about BitCloud and, you know, how this thing is shaping out. Okay. All right. I'm down for more. I want more and I appreciate yeah. it. I, I love that you are so open to, to just deep 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 conversations about this. I love also how much you trust me to not reveal things. I think the fact that we went off last time on something private and you said afterwards, Andrew, this is private. And you I think knew that, that, yeah. that I would edit it out. I think that helped build our, our relationship. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm also taking this whole podcast different from my usual podcasting, yeah. which is to say, I don't know where this is going. I'm very curious. I'm going to be curious in public. I'm going to learn in public. And then, um, I also kind of like that I'm doing everything on my own on this, that I'm, I'm going to go and edit your <laughs> words. I got so deep in editing you last time, not, Thank for, you. not for substance, but I said, oh, wow, these new tools are so cool at making, yeah. like, you know, like we will start a conversation and then we'll go off somewhere and then we'll come back to the thing that really mattered. And then we'll go off randomly. Those are distractions. So I edited that, but I think I yeah. got too distracted by editing it. It literally took me three hours to edit our oh last uh, conversation. Thank you for doing it. Thank it was worth it. it, but partially I was exploring the tools. Anyway, all yeah. that to say is I'm enjoying creating from scratch, touching yeah. everything myself, not letting anyone else on the team uh, edit. And then, um, and, and learning on my own here yeah. throughout this. I think, yeah, I think, and probably I didn't do a good job, right? Talking about, it. I think the, what makes me bullish, truly what makes me bullish about BitCloud, I think there are two things I strongly believe. One, not everyone should have a coin. Only businesses should have a coin. And that's where I put this into the decentralized commerce world. And then the second thing I feel is, uh, it's a toolkit with lots of tools. And you said that, right? you like a product doesn't need to touch on 25 different things, right? You don't need an NFT also on your, on your website. You don't need to have coins on your website. You don't need to have private messages on your website. Maybe pick one or two things. It's a toolkit that you can build on top of. And when people actually move from one place to the, to another place with the same login, they don't lose what they did. If all you did were private messages and you move to a new place, they kind of, you have that history. You're not starting from scratch at a new tool and it's all, it's all there. So, so I think those are things that I actually believe a lot in. It won't be like a rocket ship, right? Oh, a thousand dollar per DSO coin in the next six weeks. Uh, But I think long-term I'm, I'm feeling pretty bullish about it. All right. We'll have another conversation. We'll see how bullish you are uh, next time. (laughs) We'll see how bullish I am, but you know what, if you're bullish, you've got inside information. I mean, in the sense that you're looking at the data, it's not inside on, yeah. uh, on, uh, on the diesel platform, you're looking at the data, you're looking at the numbers, you see how many people are active. So if you're seeing all that and you're still bullish, I, 
I should be too. All right, we'll follow up on this. I'm gonna follow up with you and ask for more introductions. I'll keep exploring this and I'd love more feedback from people. Last time I did something really great. I gave out my email address and told people contact me and I'm gonna do the same thing again. Contact me, let me know what you think. Even if it's just to say hi, it's led to some interesting conversations about what's going on here. So here's my email address. It's the same one that I've used with everybody. In fact, any email address you have goes directly to me into my personal inbox. And here it is, andrew at mixergy.com. And I'm saying that specifically to let you know, it's me, a real human being, andrew at mixergy.com. I want to know, what are you thinking about this whole DSO platform, formerly known as BitCloud? What do you think of what I'm doing here at the podcast? What do you think of what Salil's been talking about? And we'll just keep exploring together. Right on. Thanks. Awesome. Thank I you, Andrew. Great chatting with you.